Hello, my friend, and welcome to the 507th episode of the Sales Podcast. I'm Wes Schaefer, the Sales Whisperer, your host. Roy says, Jeff, you and Michael and Tim might see this voluntary loss of privacy as a very self-evident thing. And I think you guys are probably correct. But that's not something I had really considered. What I think we can expect to see happen is that the general public will try to purge the system of corrupt politicians. We've seen too much self-serving among our politicians. And a we generation just won't stand for it. The recent Blagojevich conviction was the tip of the iceberg. And then came Anthony Weiner with his sexting scandal and then Newt Gingrich. Got a big surprise when he took the goodwill of the public and his campaign staff for granted. I believe in the second half of this upswing into we, we're going to elect political candidates who lift brooms during their speeches and promise, I'm going to clean up Washington. Jeff says, I'm seeing the opposite. Andrew Sullivan has been writing, So when did we become Rome? When did we go into decline? Sullivan would say that what you're currently seeing is apathy, and his prediction is that this apathy will continue. I think I might agree with him. So that is an excerpt from the 2012 book Pendulum by Roy H. Williams and Michael R. Drew. I know these characters. So oh, the, the subtitle, Pendulum, How Past Generations Shape Our Present and Predict Our Future. I've known Roy since probably 2002, maybe a little bit earlier, somewhere around there, um, and Michael as well. And this book, I have I've been referencing since it came out. I bought it brand new and hardback. And you know, you look at this and you think, so they were, you know, this was published in 2012. You know, they're researching it and writing it. Who knows, 2010 into 2011 so you know so looking back this is easily a decade old when they were putting this together and and Roy has quoted some of his writings going back to 2003 Um, so he's been looking at this topic this subject for for decades and so it's interesting now to pull things out and see how accurate they were especially when the goal was to try to predict the future with this book. So Roy is um, the wizard of ads. Uh, been around a long time. I've got all of his books. And um, I've got some rare ones uh, you can't get anymore. Um, I head out there to Buda, South Austin. Um, I used to go a couple times a year and just um, with business and life and everything else, haven't been as recently as often, but I still get back there. Um, so this book, you think back, he's, he's putting this, these ideas together, 2010, 2011, talking about, you know, we're going to clean up Washington. Sounds kind of like we're going to drain the swamp, doesn't it? In 2016. So Jeff Eisenberg, I also know him and his brother, Brian, um, both are also New York times and wall street journal, uh, bestselling authors, smart marketers, consultants. Um, so that's who is disagreeing. Jeff, uh, Jeffrey Eisenberg, you know, he's seeing the apathy. And it's interesting because both of these are kind of right. Roy was right. And I'll get into the we versus me. This pendulum is that's what he's talking about. And so the concept is 
uh, and he's done a good job, I think, validating it, um, is that every 80 years, we're back to the same point that we were. So basically, every 40 years, we're at an extreme opposite, a polar opposite. And an easy demarcation is to look back. He goes back to 1943. We call it, you know, the greatest generation, we call it, right? We call it the, the peak, the zenith of the we generation. So 1963, so we're 20 years removed. So we're at the midway point going from the peak of a, of a we to the peak of a me. Then we advance to the zenith of 1983, the peak of the me generation, Swing it back down, 2003, we're back. Basically, 2003 was 1963, all over again, but swinging in the opposite direction. The momentum was carrying us to 2023, another peak of the we generation. Basically, 1943, all over again. So we're going to take some time and break this down, but it's interesting, and I, I covered this in my private consulting, um, I talk about it when it's brought up, when it's appropriate, just in marketing concepts, uh, some key principles to understand. And, you know, the the uh, the news, uh, I want to say bad news, but the reality is if you know what's coming, it's it's not really bad news. You can prepare, even though it's, you know, you got a hurricane coming. Well, is it bad news? Yeah. But, I mean, if you know it's coming, you can prepare, right? Board up the house, get some water, get your generator. Okay, you got to rebuild, blah, blah, blah. But you don't die. And who knows? Maybe you make some investments and, and you capitalize on it. But but I digress. But the point is, you know, we're in tumultuous times. You know, we're, we're a couple of years away from that peak. And so even, you know, when, when the, the surge of a hurricane stops surging you're still flooded right you've it's got to retreat it's got to go back to where it was go back to the ocean so we the surge is coming and so it's not like things are over and get and get better once it peaks it still has to recede so it's a it's a multi-year period each of these episodes, these these zeniths, are multi-year events because you're you're reaching up, approaching the point, the, the peak, you achieve it, then you're slowly receding. So, you know, the things I'm going to talk about, you know, the ideas are going to give you the goals to give you some ideas to, on how to handle the, the current time, you know, in the very short term, the next 6, 12, you know, 24 months. Uh, and then, you know, into 2025, 2026, and things start easing up, but you got you to gotta survive the onslaught, okay? So I'm going to pull out certain excerpts. Um, I'm going to leave some meat on the bone, have you go get the book. Uh, if you don't have time to get the book, you just want the, the Cliff's Notes, call me. We can do a little consulting. I'll help you shorten the learning curve and apply the lessons here. So you can grow your sales. All right. So that's what we're going to get into. So hold on to your britches. So the part I just read is from the, towards the end of the book. 
Uh, and the section is called, A Catholic, a Mormon, a Jew, and an Evangelical sat down at a table together and dot, dot, dot. So this was from uh, July, July 1st, 2011. So when Roy got a few folks together, they had dinner, turned the recorder on, and they started talking about the book. They started talking about, you know, making some predictions about what they saw um, heading our way. And um, I'll come back to that in a little bit. But I opened with some pretty good predictions, I think, that uh, that they made to hopefully pique your interest to at least open your mind and consider this. Because uh, Roy uh, and Michael based their this book on the research uh, from another book some guys wrote about 40 years earlier uh, called Generations. And they did a very detailed study. And Roy went back, I mean, literally a thousand or more years. And he also considered, he looked at the Western world versus the Eastern world. And basically, we are um, at exact opposites, pretty much exact opposites on the spectrum. So as we are approaching the peak of a we generation, uh, China, India, uh, countries over there are approaching the, the zenith of a me generation. So if you are, uh, if you if you're involved at all in consulting and marketing uh, in that area, you know, in the Eastern world, um, look at some old books, see what what people were doing in the, the early '80s, mid '80s. Um, and center your um, your marketing around those messages, and uh, you're probably going to be seen as a superhero, make a whole lot of money, and um, you can build you know a new wing. When you build a library onto your home, uh, you can name it after the sales whisperer because I gave you that inspiration. Okay, deal. So Roy is, um, I think I would call him the evangelical in that group. Um, he is certainly uh, Christian. He is well-versed in the good book. Um, he is a believer. Um, so I love the fact, you know, he, towards the beginning of the book, he opens with uh, or includes a passage from Ecclesiastes 1, 9 to 11. What has been will be again. What has been done will be done again. There is nothing new under the sun. Is there anything of which one can say, look, this is something new? It was here already, long ago. It was here before our time. No one remembers the former generations, and even those yet to come will not be remembered by those who follow them. And you know, look at clothing and hair. Uh, some guys at my jiu-jitsu gym are wearing mullets. Um... One of the guys I do jujitsu with, a uh, black guy dating a black girl, she is sporting the biggest afro. It's awesome. She came to the house, I don't know, two weeks ago, had them all over for dinner. And um, we were talking, she's in dance and got the bell bottoms. I mean, I mean, 70s and 80s. Um, well, maybe in 60s and 70s, right? I mean... Just so look at clothing. Uh, everything comes full circle. There's nothing new under the sun. So if you understand humans, you understand how irrational we are. We take a good thing too far. 
So it makes sense. And when you look at, you know, the time frame, people don't just change on a dime. Okay, just like, you know, trees don't change. But you look at pictures, you know, when you first moved in and 20 years later, you go back to the house, you know, you grew up in 20 and 30 years later. That little tree, you know, is a big tree. The changes happen as well. I mean, the fact that my, you know, 73-year-old dad is, you know, we're FaceTiming one another. I mean, he's got an iPad, right? Uh, I remember my father-in-law poo-pooing the idea of PayPal. And now, you know, him and my mother-in-law, I mean, my wife, they, they're they passing money back and forth on Venmo and PayPal. So eventually the ideas take root uh, and then attitudes and behaviors change so but we're we're unlimited beings in a way right we're, we're made in god's image we have a touch of divinity we have an eternal soul but there's only so many ways we can conduct ourselves you know and and roy specifically intentionally leaves out political names it's not left and right it's not you know conservative and liberal uh, because the ideals you know i'll touch on here uh, they they can cross party lines Um, so but as humans you know we we move from either we're more focused on society or we're more focused on ourselves okay so to see how this can go back and forth in a predictable manner. And when you understand just, uh, again, human nature. I mean, I'm 51 now. I see how my own attitudes and beliefs have changed. Uh, My body has changed, right? I can't party like I used to, good old Toby Keith, right? I ain't as good as I once was, but I'm as good once as I ever was. Um, It's harder to recover. It's harder to build back. Uh, it's easier to get soft. So it, it's the, the ebb and flow of life. You know, the the young have to come up to bring in new ideas because the old, we get tired, our joints hurt, we want to take a nap, can't drink quite as much, the music is a little too loud, we want to maintain the status quo. But the status quo won't help with the evolution, with the development of society. So to see things go from one extreme to the other, it's it it makes sense, you know, as you start to break this down. So the book, in case you're wondering, is called Generations, The History of America's Future, 1584 to 2069 by William Strauss and Neil Howe. So, uh, you know, that, that gave Roy the idea of the for this book. Um, so, you know, as he as he looked at it, as he beginning the building his case here in the beginning, he talks about, you know, society hungers for individuality and freedom during the upswings of a me. Nothing wrong with that. But we always take a good thing too far. What begins as a beautiful dream of self-discovery, 1963, ends as hollow, phony posing. 1983, and then from the heady heights of those glittering disco lights, our desires drift quietly back to earth, feather-like, toward what we left behind, working together for the common good. 
So, yeah, you know, 1963, make love, not war, man. Right? We get into 1983. I was 13 years old. Michael Jackson, parachute pants, uh, beamers, yuppies. Uh, Wall Street, the movie, right, came out right around then. Uh, You know, hostile takeovers. I mean, it was the ultimate me, me, me. Get all you can. So now we... So 2003 was, we're going back. 2003 was basically 1963. Now we're heading up towards the peak of a we. So what does that look like? So the we is the group, the team, the tribe, the collective. He outlines the we versus me, right? But the we, and, and I want to focus here because that's, that's what we are in, all right, and we're going to be in for a while because, again, we're, we're going to peak in a couple of years. We're going to recede for a couple of years. So it's going to feel basically the same for several more years. So demands conformity for the common good. Applauds personal responsibility. Believes a million men are wiser than one man. Two heads are better than one. Wants to create a better world. Is about small actions. Desires to be a productive member of the team. I came, I saw, I concurred. Admires individual humility and is attracted to thoughtful persons. Believes leadership is, this is the problem as I see it. Please consider the things I am telling you, and perhaps we can solve this problem together. And strengthens a society's sense of purpose as it considers all problems. So I think there's a lot of truth in this. Um, Obviously, nothing's going to be perfect. Um, But when we look at, you know, demanding conformity for the common good, this whole how we reacted to COVID, right? Stay home, save lives. I mean, some facts are coming out literally as I record this that um, we were probably lied to on a lot of those things. But I digress. Um, Applause personal responsibility. This is this is interesting. So on the one hand, you know, get the vaccine, wear a mask, stay home. They're putting it, it, it's like they're making, they want me to be responsible for you, right? Um, so, but nowhere in there does it talk about, you know, at least society today as we handle or address COVID. They don't talk about get in better shape, get some more sun exercise, eat better, stop smoking, stop drinking, stop eating junk food. I mean, hell, the opposite is happening. They're literally bribing people with junk food and alcohol to get the jab. So, uh, and I've written about this before. Um, I feel like there's no personal responsibility anymore. You know, take a pill to overcome a hangover, take a pill to abort your baby. Uh, take a pill to feel better in the morning, take a pill to go to sleep at night, take a pill during the day to quiet your mind, take more pills so you can focus. I mean, I feel like there's no personal responsibility, but I digress. Uh, But the whole coming together, I mean, Wikipedia, things like that, social media, crowdsourcing, GoFundMe, uh, you know, people are pitching in, want to create a better world. Yeah, you know, we're deep into that. Recycle, reduce your carbon footprint, you know, all those, all those good things. Uh, it's about small actions. 
yes and no from what I'm seeing. Um, I see people, you know, flying to Kenya to dig a well. Meanwhile, they pass, you know, 4,000 homeless people on the way to the airport. I guess it's not popular to save those people because you look them in the eye. So it looks better to show your passport as you board a plane. But, you know, so big actions, then come home and go relax at the beach, go to a, you know, listen to your sound bowls or something. I, I don't know. Um, desires to be a productive member of the team. Yep, I see I see a lot of that. You see it in, in companies now. We're a family. There's no I in team. So, you know, I think that is that's accurate. Uh, admires individual humility as attractive, thoughtful persons. Yeah, I can see that. Although, I mean, uh, uh, people are thought leaders and influencers. There's not, not too much humility there. Um, attracted to thoughtful persons. Like, what's a thoughtful person? Is that person who sets up three cameras to hand out free socks to homeless people? Is that a thoughtful person? Maybe. Um, you know, believes in the consensus, building consensus, um, sense of purpose as it considers all its problems. So uh, I see a lot of that um, happening. Right. I see that happening right now, um, you know, but compare that to a me generation just so you can see. But then um, would understand that the reason we change from the zenith of either of these, is that we take things too far. OK, and like it says, although society gets legalistic and judgmental during a we, we do accomplish a lot of good things, such as raising the flag over Iwo Jima. We let our hair down in a me and become quite a mess because of it. But this gives us a particular joy. For example, Jimmy Buffett's Margaritaville. We and me, it's hard to choose between them. Right? So the we demands conformity for the common good. Me demands freedom of expression. The we applauds personal responsibility. Me applauds personal liberty. We believes a million men are wiser than one man. Me believes one man is wiser than a million men. Wants to create a better world. I came, I saw, I conquered. As I said before, the me wants to achieve a better life. I came, I saw, I conquered. We is about small actions. Me is about big dreams. We wants to be part of a productive team. Me desires to be number one. We admires humility and thoughtful persons. Me admires individual confidence and decisive persons. We believes leadership is, this is the problem as I see it. Let's solve it together. Me believes leadership is, look at me, admire me, emulate me, if you can. And finally, we strengthen society's sense of purpose, focuses on solving problems. Me strengthens society's sense of identity elevates attractive heroes. You know, we saw that with Reagan. Um, you know, people still to this day love him. Um, he he believed in the American dream. You know, our best days are still to come. Uh, Russia, you know, the Soviet Union was the axis of evil. You know, the evil empire, tear down this wall. So, you know, as you, as you break this down... Um, you know, a lot to give you, a lot to help you think 
I think you'll get some clarity on what the heck's going on. And and honestly, it's one of the reasons I've managed to stay calm in this chaos the last several years is because I, I think I feel like things are happening as they should, as they've been explained, as I've researched on my own. And so, you know, I got a hard rain coming. Okay, deal with it, right? Get the supplies ready. Uh, and like we say, we always take a good good things too far. The beautiful we dream of working together for the common good gains momentum until it becomes duty, obligation, and sacrifice. What began in joy ends in bondage. Sir, sir, put your mask on. Sir, sir, your mask must be over your nose. Sir, I need you to put your mask on properly. Sir, your children, yes, I know your child is only two months old. Put, your, put the mask on or you will be kicked off the plane. All right? It's become bondage. Hell, my own pool, my HOA, Memorial Day, they finally opened the pool. Maximum of 40 people up to the discretion of a pool monitor, which we now have. The hours have been limited, uh, reduced, golly, reduced them by four hours a day. Um, only five people from your family can attend. If you have a big family, like I do, you must email the property management company the day before and get permission the pool shuts down twice a day for 30 minutes so the monitor can have his lunch break. I mean, bondage. You know, um, you see it. And, and you know, I tell people, we got into it on my little community private group page uh, and with the board. Uh, we finally replaced a board member with a pro pool opener. Uh, but like I mentioned, small actions. I don't want to fly to Kenya and dig a well, as important and fulfilling as that probably would be. I want to fix my own house, my own cul-de-sac, my own street, my own neighborhood first. We let these things spiral out of control. So, you know, people ask, how did, how did the Holocaust happen? How, how, I wouldn't have been one of them. I wouldn't, I wouldn't have gone along. Yes, statistically, you probably would have. So if you're not putting your foot down, if you're not at least questioning the conversation, the so-called facts, if you're not switching and following alternate news channels, if you don't follow the political party that you are against, if you don't follow those candidates, to at least understand what they say. There's a, a part in here in the book, I don't know if I can find it here as I do the recording, but you know it's the old argument of, to win an argument, you must be able to articulate your opposition's viewpoint and talking points better than they can. Not only will you feel understood, you'll probably win the point that you're trying to make. That may be a sale, right? maybe a marketing campaign, it may be a political race. Maybe you talk your way out of a speeding ticket. So... Stop throwing everyone under the bus. You know, seek to understand. It doesn't mean you like them. You know, and I played football for many years into college. I mean, we watched game film of the opponent. We wanted to see what, what were their tells, right? So we could take advantage of those, leverage those weak spots so we could win. We didn't ignore them. Study your opponent. Keep your friends close and your enemies closer. 
You'll get a lot of clarity. You'll, you'll sleep better at night when you take the time to study them, okay, and study them in this light of, uh, of a societal change. And as you do that, things will start to make more sense. When they make more sense, you'll know how to take advantage of the situation in business and life. Things just get a whole lot better for you. Now, as usual, when I go through book reviews like this, requires some bouncing around. You know, I don't think legally I could read the whole book. I don't have time. Anyway, I want you to buy the book. Do your own thinking. If it is of interest to you, but at a minimum, I want to get you thinking. Um, but, you know, in the book, he outlines, you know, what happens when we take a thing too far? So I kind of touched on it a little bit um, of where we're headed as we approach this zenith of the week, right? Duty, obligation, sacrifice. But it's also regimentation, self-righteousness, oppressiveness, which I already kind of touched on. It's interesting that this, you know, COVID happens during, um, as we reach the pinnacle, the zenith of a we. And you know what? Maybe um, if COVID had happened in 1981, probably wouldn't have reacted like this at all. So it's, you know, some interesting dynamics. But, uh, you know, as we approach the zenith of a me, so 81, 82, 83, you know, again, it spills over, 84, 85, uh, hollowness, posing, phoniness, self-centeredness, guru worship, depravity. We certainly saw that right you know, in the 80s. So, again, I, I bring these up just to help you have some vantage points to, to analyze all of this uh, and to decide, you know, hey, is this, is this guy on to something uh, or not? And uh, like I said, I, I think they are. I think um, I think Roy and, and Michael are really on to something. But, um, you know, but again, we take things too far. As we, as we kill off our heroes, uh, is that a good thing or a bad thing? Um, you know, well, I'm just rejecting, you know, artificiality and hype. All right, maybe. You know, hey, I'm just keeping it real, man. All right. Is that a good thing or a bad, right? Everything in moderation. There's nothing new under the sun. So if somebody's banging a certain drum, even if you like the beat, you need to understand it won't last forever. Is it their own thought? Or are they just caught up with the the tidal surge? Or the, you know, the as the water retreats, recedes, are they just going with the flow? And I think a lot of people... Do just go with the flow. So speaking of flow, you know, Roy pulls out the old um, the yin and the yang. When you look at that symbol, it's, it's a circle. It's, it's uh, like two commas, right? Like two curved teardrops, one black, one white. But in the middle of the white is black, and in the middle of the black is white. So, you know, in the calm, you have the chaos. In the chaos, you can find the calm, um, you know, liberalism and, and conservatism, positive and negative, risk and reward. Um, we, we see it in everything. So, so regardless of what the flow is, you know, can you, can you rise above it? How can you stand out and stand apart in the middle of that flow? 
you know, Isaac Newton, he quotes, you know, spoke of duality as, you know, for every action there is an equal but opposite reaction. And I love this quote from Roy. He's, I've, I've used this and, and remembered this for almost 20 years now. Uh, he says, small minds will often cling to one and disparage the other. So speaking of the concept of duality, right? So you get one idea, you know, Trump is a pig. Biden is awesome. Fauci is super smart. Anyone against him isn't. You know, Cuomo's doing it right. DeSantis is an idiot. Really? Okay. Statements like that show that you have a small mind. And it's nice, you know, again, getting older. <laughs> not my monkey, not my circus. I don't have to engage in every battle. I don't have to take the bait every time. You know, I just made the bed. I'm gonna let you sleep in it. And I will let you sleep in it. Then I'll live stream it. But I digress. Uh, he tells a story of when Albert Einstein was serving as the proctor for a university test on advanced theoretical physics, a student raised his hand and said, sir, I think there's been a mistake. This is the same test we were given last year. And Albert replied, yes, the test is the same as last year, but this year the answers are different. Now, I don't know when that was, but obviously after E equals MC squared, I bet a lot of answers to tests <laughs> changed. You could give the same test and it's like, uh-oh, things have changed. Um, he quotes uh, Niles Bohr. He was a physicist, winner of the Nobel Prize for Physics in 1922 for his contributions that were essential to our modern understanding of atomic structure and quantum mechanics, the building blocks of reality. But the quote is, the opposite of a correct statement is a false statement. But the opposite of a profound truth may well be another profound truth. Crazy, right? Um, that's when you got to get into quantum mechanics. And, you know, is light a wave or is it a particle? And since it's both, it really can't be. But they are. So what the heck's going on? But... I digress, but the main thing is to understand, you know, again, that things are predictable, but inside of the predictability, you'll find counterintuitive uh, contraindicators. How are you going to use it? But first, you need to understand where the heck you are and where you're going, at least where society's going, because like, uh, you know, Gretzky, you know, skate to where the puck is going. If you know where society is going and what is propelling and compelling them you can get ahead of the curve you can you can jump ahead to where the puck is going meet them there uh, i don't know if i'll have time to get into you know the push versus pull marketing but we are very much in the pull marketing phase of of business and of life you got to get ahead of them and invite them with open arms have been waiting for you i'll leave a light on for you come on in kick your shoes off sit a spell that's where I think the power of this book can come in for you. So in the book, you know, he gets into these alpha voices and the six-year transitory window. I won't get into that right now. I've got an event to go to at church, so um, I will leave that up to you to dig into. Uh, he gets into the limits of predictability, and there are limits. None of this is perfect. Um, again, there's going to be variations, okay? But 
it's still pretty damn accurate. Uh, he goes back, you know, 1923 to 1933, uh, laying the the groundwork. Okay, helping you understand and see, and he gives good examples of these these alpha voices. And these alpha voices are they're singers, they're entertainers, they're actors, uh, they're novels. Okay, you know, authors. So they start to you know that canary in the coal mine that that one sparrow does not a spring make, but uh, you know it, as you as you become attuned to looking for them, you'll get little glimpses you'll see somebody standing out, making waves. You're like, hmm, what does that mean? So again, as we reach this peak of the we, are you going to start seeing some alpha voices indicating that it's peaked and it's now going to start diminishing as it accelerates towards the me? Uh, but, you know, just good examples from 1924, 25, 26, 27. So, I mean, just literally year by year going back almost a century. And he does, he goes back even farther and gives some good examples uh, of the Crusades and, and the Salem witch hunts. And it's weird. It's weird. <laughs> then again, it's not weird because nothing new, it's nothing new under the sun. But it's kind of weird seeing this unfold going back hundreds and hundreds of years. Heck, he even shows, you know, pendulum in the Bible. I kind of mentioned it already with Ecclesiastes, but, you know, this it's well documented. It goes way back. Um, so, but something towards the end of the book that I found interesting was uh, McDonald's. McDonald's slogans from 1960 to 2008. So, it'd be interesting to break that down to see what they're doing now. But uh, you can see how, how accurate this is, right? 1960. All-American menu, a hamburger, fries, and a shake. 1961, look for the golden arches. 1962, go for the goodness at McDonald's. 1963, the year 1963 is the tipping point into me. So it's it's the bottom, right? So 1943 was the peak of the we, the greatest generation. We're all in this together. Um, it goes down. It's now at the at the six o'clock point, if you will, on a clock. So it's uh, so the early adopters are embracing the perspective, but the six-year transitory window is only just beginning. So by 1965, McDonald's, where quality starts fresh every day. 1966, McDonald's, the closest thing to home. Notice what happens as we approach the end of the six-year transitory window into me and ride the pendulum to its zenith of 1983. So 1967, McDonald's is your kind of place. It's such a happy place. You deserve a break today, 1971. That, that lasted for four years, 75. We do it all for you. 76, you, you're the one. 81, you deserve a break today. So it's reintroduced, right, from, from 71. 83, McDonald's and you. That continues until 1991. So he says, now that we're eight gears beyond the zenith of me and our self-obsession has begun to diminish a bit, let's see what happens next. So 1991, food, folks, and fun. 
95. Have you had your break today? Right? It's different than you deserve a break today. Did somebody say McDonald's? 1997. 2000. We love to see you smile. 2002. There's a little McDonald's in everyone. 2003. I'm loving it. This is the end of the me. 2008 now. What we're made of. Interesting, huh? So in the we, you know, it's, uh, you know, cut the crap and give it to me straight. It's pull. It's positive attraction. Selling is seduction. Authenticity. Reality and truth. Stake. The me, you're selling hope. And I'm buying it like it's crack cocaine. Push. Overcoming objections. Selling is combat. Self-confidence and belief. Advertising specials. Sizzle. So, since we're in the we era, right? Pull them towards you. The positive attraction. I've said for many years, you know, I hate selling. I hate overcoming objections and... The old school alternative of choice closes and I mean the tie down. Ugh, give me a break. Uh, I think I was authentic before I knew that was a selling angle, <laughs> a gambit. Because uh, you see it too often. People, they try to be authentic. They try so much they become a caricature of themselves. Authentic and transparent. I mean, they just it's just too much. Okay, but that's where we are now. We're going to be there for a while. So don't push. Don't shove. Uh, don't force it. You know, the overcoming objections, I'm, it's very much like jujitsu, man. I mean, the more, you know, I fight these young bucks, I don't, I don't fight them. They're strong. I let them push me around. And I roll with it. You know, they, they push my head as I fall back. I hook my feet in the back of their legs. I'll hook one in the back of one leg. I'll put one foot in in one of their hips. Maybe as they try to attack, boom, I can get them off, off center, use their own momentum against them. You know, so keeping it keeping it real, dog. Uh, but, you know, look at what the most popular genre of television for decades now, for two decades easily, has been reality television. You know, Survivor and Big Brother and Bachelor and all these shows. Although now, it's like very few of them are truly uh, authentic. <laughs> and you see them get burned. The more we find out how scripted they are, the, some of them are losing their popularity. So it's an interesting world, and it's a tangled web we weave, is it not? So I'll leave you with this. You know, he talks about uh, here towards the end of the book, because um, it's leading up into their predictions for... As we as the zenith peaks of the we, uh, but you know it's a long time. It it can easily be twenty years coming from you know the bottom up to let's call it the you know the three o'clock position of uh, the zenith of the we, then back down. Uh, we call them you know it's the time of witch hunts and transparency, authenticity. I'm okay. You're not okay. It's the 20-year season of holy wars, us versus them. We, the good and the righteous defenders of truth and beauty, against them, the evil and sinister malefactors, intent on destroying our way of life. 
That is true from the Republicans and the Democrats. It's true everywhere you look. It's us versus them. And it's not on accident, okay, because Roy talks about this. Here's the payoff. The easiest people in the world to manipulate are those who are focused on a single issue. Be forcefully against whatever they're against, and you can lead them around like a tame calf on a rope. You can't have insiders without outsiders. Okay? So it's no longer what you include and what you stand for. Now it's a function of exclusion. What do you, who do you exclude? What do you stand against? Yes, marketing becomes very easy as we approach the zenith of the we. Just choose what and who you will demonize and then start tossing fear-soaked words as though they were long-neck beer bottles full of gasoline with fiery rags stuffed down their throats. It's Machiavellian, we know, but it's true nonetheless. We wish we could bring you happier news, but the simple truth is this. Unless we begin working together to soften this coming trend of I'm okay, you're not okay, we're about to enter the ugliest 20 years of the pendulum's 80-year round trip. So Roy was writing this, like I said, 2010, 2011, published 2012. And he is right. Okay. To counteract the coming trend, listen with your whole heart and try not to interrupt. Be capable of articulating calmly how the other side sees it. And I'll let you read the nuances of that. It's on page 186. Um, It's great getting books that have predictions, getting them 10 years later. uh, Because you can see how right they were or not, right? Because I'm telling you, (laughs) these guys are pretty damn right. It would behoove you to get it. Like I said, if you need the Cliff's Notes version, if you want me to help you shorten that learning curve and, and not only learn it, but apply it. I've been doing that for a long time. Hit me up, okay? TheSalesWhisperer.com. Go to contact us. I will help you. I'm helping a Vancouver contractor right now. And I just got feedback on Monday, actually, during the holiday from Ellen. Just finished my six-week Gorillas of Growth course. She's been selling software for two years. Last week, said she sold three. It was the most she ever sold in a week in her two years of in the business. So if you want to pick up your sales, I'm the guy. Hit me up, thesaleswhisper.com, all right? Or join us in the Sell More of Everything program. I'm going to raise the price this summer. Um, I'm probably going to take it to an annual instead of a monthly. So uh, if you want to jump in, save a little money, and have a month-to-month option, Avail yourself of that now. Sell more of everything.com. Thanks for listening. I'll go sell something. <laughs>